Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the Airwaves to talk readiness. Over the past year, we've implemented a reform across the naval aviation enterprise with the goal of 80% mission-capable aircraft. I'm happy to report we met and surpassed that goal. Here to tell us more is Vice Admiral DeWolf Miller, Commander, Naval Air Forces. Sir, I appreciate you joining us today. Sir, congratulations to you and everyone who worked so hard to achieve this goal. Why is this an achievement worth celebrating? I think it's anytime you set a goal and then achieve it, especially a high goal like we set for ourselves, you know, it's a day to celebrate. And because I'll tell you, think about this a year ago, we only had 50% of our aircraft that could fly. We weren't in a good spot. We were on the heels of sequestration. We were on, you know, budgets were inadequate and were also not consistent at the beginning of the year. And so all of a sudden we had the opportunity with solid budgets over the last two years. And then Secretary Mattis' realization of coming in when he took over as Secretary of Defense and realized that readiness had really taken a hit, challenged the services to say, get your strike fighter fleet to 80% mission capable. At the time, we were at 50%. So we set this goal, 80% across our squadrons. But it wasn't enough just to have our fleet squadrons at 80%. We need to make sure the entire ecosystem that supports that was healthy. So our training commands, our test commands, everything that goes into it, which drove that 341 number for Super Hornets and 93 number for our Growler fleet. And the aircraft were similar enough that we grouped in our Growlers with our EF Super Hornets as, as well. So we started this trek, and I'll tell you, that's when we began the learning. And we thought we could do this just by making reform efforts in our intermediate and our depot maintenance level facilities, and we quickly found out that that wasn't enough, and we needed to do more. And so that's when the overall reform effort came into establishing a, an operation center, which is our mock and aircraft on ground center in Norfolk. We did do the reforms at our maintenance centers, and we also went to our squadrons supply chain management and engineering and we reformed the whole thing. So boy, talk about that integration, that teamwork. We brought in our industry partners and said, hey, we need you to succeed. And we also brought in best practices from commercial industry. And we called this whole thing the Naval Sustainment System for Naval Aviation. And so the NSS-A, Naval Sustainment System for Aviation, is in place and over the last 10 months, we've watched ourselves continuously grow from 250, 260 Super Hornets to today when we hit that mark of 341. So yes, it's an exciting day, but boy, I'll tell you, an awful lot of work. I am so proud to be the Air Boss and to be leading this team, to watch this accomplishment, and to be able to have the opportunity to congratulate them on hard work. For our listeners who might not be familiar with NSS and where it originated, please explain SecDef's goal to achieve 80% mission-capable aircraft for all the services. Yeah, it's a good question and kind of came from outside industry and also a combination of uh, us really adopting a mindset where we weren't just saying, hey, we're going to work hard, but we actually put metrics and data behind our decision making. And we were able to kind of grade ourselves on how we were doing. And it was a continuously learning process. And when you do it at every layer and every decision that you make, base it on data, 
Did you achieve your mark? Yes or no? What did you learn from that? Apply it and then reset you know, the next goal and keep going. And so it was a combination of bringing in that outside industry, a combination of bringing in metrics and data analytics into our decision-making process. And then I'll tell you, it's been the support of, hey, the Air Boss, you're going to be the supported commander, and the alignment throughout the whole naval aviation enterprise to a common goal, 341. And when that all happened, that's when the good stuff started to flow. It sounds like we've experienced a bit of a revolution in naval aviation culture this past year. What have you as Airboss witnessed across the fleet? Well, first I'll tell you, change is hard. And we say that, but here we've been able to see it and experience it. And I will tell you, it takes a little bit of forcefulness. It also takes a lot of pushing the I believe button because we had done business the way we had done business in various aspects of the entire enterprise of generating readiness for many, many years. And so the natural tendency is to fall back to that way of doing business. But like I said, bringing in commercial best practices, changing the way we just approached work was exciting to see happen. And then when you saw success, then that would generate the momentum we needed to move forward. And we saw it across the board and throughout naval aviation. So it has been exciting. We're rewriting the book on how things are going to be done. And so as we now transition from achieving where we needed to be readiness-wise into a more sustainment, long-term sustainment mode, we still have a lot of learning to do. And we'll continue to you know, iterate and continuously improve and apply those lessons across the force. What were some of those biggest lessons learned? And now that we're through the initial year of implementing NSS, how will things change moving forward? Yeah, absolutely, and almost too many to mention. There are, there are lessons at, at the squadron level, at our engineering level. The way we run our maintenance meetings at the squadrons has completely changed. The way we do and prioritize our maintenance evolutions and plan our maintenance evolutions at the squadron level has completely changed. The way we do our planned maintenance intervals at our AIMDs, heck, those things were taking 150 to 200 days. We now do them with, within 60 days, all by process change and prioritization and, like I said, bringing in heavy maintenance practices from the commercial industry have allowed us to see that and other like uh, improvements across the force. Earlier you mentioned readiness. Why is readiness a top priority for naval aviation? Well, it's important for our country. It's important for our Navy. Our job is to be ready to fight and win tonight across the board. And so the fact that, that we weren't where we needed to be, not just in naval aviation, but, but in other aspects of our Navy, has been the challenge to us to get ourselves uh, where we need to be as, as rapidly as possible so that we're ready to fight and win. So this is critically important for naval aviation and for our Navy, and, uh, and it's a good place to be in. Now I will tell you, going from mission capable to fully mission capable is our next step. So, and then the training aspects that go into using these aircraft uh, from our pilots, our air crew, our maintainers, how we train and use that asset is again, now that we're at that level of readiness, now we have to apply that readiness to be, you know, to be able to generate the forces that are ready to fight and win. So on September 24th, we met our readiness goal. Obviously, this is not the end of the process. What's next? Where do you see naval aviation taking NSS in the future? What's next is one, sustain it, 
we still haven't really defined what it means to sustain this and what that equates to as far as a budget number that we need from parts and everything else. I also think that we still haven't even, the exciting part is we haven't even transformed every single one of our squadrons. So we still need to transform all of our squadrons because I think we can even do better. We have to improve on our full mission capable rate. So going from MC to full mission capable. And then I also want to be able to expand this, not just into F-18 and Growlers, but to expand it across all type model series across the Naval Aviation Enterprise. And so I think there's still quite a bit of work to do, but we know how to do it, and we've proven to ourselves that we can do it. So what does this success, this proven ability to meet the readiness challenge, mean to our fleet forces? It's all about them. It's all about people. And I'll tell you, you're going to get me emotional talking about sailors and their families. They're amazing. When we set them up for success like we have here, and then we can celebrate that success, that's a good day. Sir, I couldn't agree more. We appreciate you joining us today. What an awesome accomplishment for Naval Aviation. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening. <laughs>